Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Every one of us here can walk away this morning saying that we've memorized a scripture verse. Just like that. It's true. And here's the verse. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Now the NRSV that we heard has Jesus began to weep, but both the original Greek and Roman and the King James Version have put the past tense differently. So, Jesus wept is accurate. The shortest verse in the Bible, two words. And yet I would submit that this is one of the most powerful of all, because that verse sums up all of Jesus' humanity and sets it squarely before us. His emotion got the best of him, and in his distress, Jesus wept. Jesus wept for close friends who were like his family, for a brother and two sisters who lived together and whose home he had frequented over the years. In fact, their home was his home away from home when he was in Jerusalem. They lived in Bethany, which was just on the other side of the Mount of Olives. In fact, Bethany is closer to Jerusalem than we are right now to Independence Mall. Now, I bet a lot of you know this old-time hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. Well, for this family, this household, it was true. It was real. Lazarus became ill. We don't know why. Even now at times, we don't know why people get ill. But we do know that deep friendships create trust, expectation. So Martha and Mary sent word to their friend. It's just a few verses earlier than what we heard today, but they send a clear and short message. It's almost like a text. Lord, the one that you love is ill. Trusting, I can only imagine that this would be more than enough information to bring Jesus quickly I'm sure they expected Jesus, their friend, their Lord, to show up, to show up right away. I'm pretty sure you and I might have that same expectation. Think about how many of us have been blessed or will be blessed by our own St. Martha's Guild, named after this very sister in this story. Think about how we are blessed by others in our lives. When important news is shared, love and friendship arrive right away in the form of a card or a casserole or a hug. Love means showing up. Martha and Mary expected love. They expected Jesus to show up, to be there right away. And he didn't. He didn't. In fact, we read Jesus specifically chose to remain where he was for two more days. And Lazarus, his friend, the brother of Mary and Martha, he died. Lazarus was a man that Jesus loved, but he was still a man. Men and women that Jesus loved become ill, 
and they pass away. And we know this in our hearts. And we think about them every day, not just on All Saints Sunday. Just because we are loved by Jesus doesn't mean we won't experience difficult times. We won't experience loss. Don't worry. The good news is coming. Martha and Mary were expecting a yes to their message, and what they got appeared to be a no. Understandably, they were hurt. They were angry. And then they got, we got something much better. Because finally, Jesus arrives in Bethany. He comes as the funeral is taking place. Now, in this window of time and culture and religion and geography, people were buried fast. Immediately, usually the same day, there was a warm climate, there was no embalming, you get the idea. Funerals, though, they were not immediate. They took a long time, a month or more, and people expressed their grief in different ways, loudly, dramatically, sackcloth, the tearing of ashes, the kicking up of dust, a scene that would make most Episcopalians very uncomfortable. It was even the norm to hire additional mourners. They would keep the mood and the moment going on and on, so the neighbors would know, ah, yes, they're still in grief next door. In that day, there was also a strong superstitious belief that the spirits of the dead hovered over the tomb, over the body for three days, hoping to re-enter the body. But on the fourth day, it would be impossible. It would be irreversible. Many people believed that. I don't know if Martha and Mary did, but surely those among the mourners believed in this three days of superstition. And here Jesus goes and shows up on day number four. Day number four, when it was all over, when it was irreversible feeling. We have days like that as well, don't we? When it feels all over, irreversible. We know what's about to happen. So we know that there will be no denying of this as a work of God. Four days have passed. Clearly, this will not be some accomplishment of a local superstition because Jesus has arrived. And Jesus is fully human, and he sees and feels the very real and palpable grief in his midst and in his heart for the one he loves. Jesus wept. I wonder at times if Jesus cried because... He was going to pull Lazarus away, away from being in the presence of God, away from heaven, back to earth. Perhaps that made him so distressed. Either way, though, folks saw that he was sad. But then they also wondered, wait a minute. We know this man. We know what he can accomplish. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? We remember him from back in chapter 9. Well, it wasn't chapter 9 for them, but they remembered the story that we just heard a few weeks ago. We saw what happened, they said. Jesus healed a blind man. If he can do that, seems like the crowd has picked on the same sentiment of Mary and Martha. Lord, if only you'd been here. How often in our lives has someone else, perhaps a child or a friend, misinterpreted one of our actions to be a lack of of our love for them, when we're denied something that we want, when there's not that immediate gratification, when we're disciplined, we can easily perceive that to be a lack of love. Jesus says plainly, take me there. Take me to the tomb 
and remove the stone. Now, no doubt this would have been an alarming request for two reasons. The first is that that stone, it was a big thing. Jesus likely needed Bethany's version of our men on a mission to get that thing rolled away. But secondly, and probably more important, four days had passed. Martha's words in the King James Version are my favorite. Quote, Lord, by now he stinketh. (laughs) Jesus said to her, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And Jesus speaks loudly for everyone to hear. Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. Lazarus, come out. And he who had died came out. Jesus said, unbind him. Let him go. Jesus spoke loudly so that they could hear him. Jesus spoke loudly so that he could authenticate his relationship with God. He could have whispered. He could have even thought it in his mind and brought Lazarus back. But he was about to do a mighty act, and he wanted their attention. And he wants your attention. The tomb in which Lazarus lay was a family tomb. His remains were by no means the only remains. In those hills, there were many tombs, many remains. Lazarus, he said, likely to limit the response. Lazarus, nobody else. Come out. Just you. Come out. And Lazarus did. And in that moment, Jesus, our Christ, denied death and brought about new life. He denied death and brought about new life. I told you there was good news. My friends, aside from the resurrection, today we have another model of our salvation, a clear pushback against any desire or illusion we may have to think we can gain our way into heaven, to earn it. That is the dead end. What we also have, in my opinion, is a trailer. Do you remember back when we went to the movie theaters all the time? The best part was at the beginning, right? The trailers of all the interesting and unusual and exciting films to come. Today in Bethany, we have a trailer, a teaser, a preview of coming attractions. What Jesus did, he will do for himself, yes. But do not let this part of our message be lost today. What Jesus did, he will also do for you. And for me, yes, Jesus our Messiah, on the last day, and let's not get into timing here, Jesus our Messiah on his last day, our last day, the last day, will call you by name. He will call you by name and he will say to you, come out. Come out and I will give you new life. In just a moment, here in this household, our parish family, we will read the names of many we know and love dearly who have gone before us. Names already called by Jesus, our Messiah, to come out of death and into his glory, the glory of life everlasting. And then our children will join us again. And we will gather here at this baptismal font to give thanks for the visible gift of life and hope in this world, that being Remington May Joe Pappas. Today we celebrate life. 
We celebrate that death will never have the final word. Jesus will. Thanks be to God. Amen.